What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Americans Abroad Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Morton, joined by... Cole Morton here. Cole Morton here. Glad to be back another week. And uh, we'll be, uh, I guess maybe this will be coming out a day later, or I guess a little later in the day. Maybe that's just it. Uh, a little heartburn issue on my side. Yeah. That. yeah, and it really wasn't heartburn over the U.S. men's team, so... Uh, no, it, was, it was. These friendlies were not important enough to give me that kind of heartburn. It was. Uh, it would seem like a lot of people after the reactions from the first game. I mean, you know, the fire Burkhalter thing was out loud and clear, uh-huh. which I, I think, think is crazy. People are insane. Part of that is people. They are just like people already don't like him. So it was the performance was a confirmation of that more that performance wasn't good. We'll get to that. That's for no. sure. I actually watched it. I recorded and watched it because I was not there that day. So I was like, oh, man, this game must have been terrible from seeing reactions. And it wasn't good. It was not a good performance, I wouldn't say. But it wasn't quite as bad as people were leading it on. To well, uh, but to be honest, I don't know how much you could have put that on Burhalter. I mean, maybe – you know, in hindsight, but that's what you didn't know on some on some of the subs that he put in because that's really when the game seemed to die is when uh, Luca got hurt. Yeah, and Tessman came biggest, in and he looked like a scared rabbit. I think the thing that people's biggest complaint is they see when Berhalter's Ber- not there for the Nations League and we looked a little bit more free-flowing we looked a little bit more just free positionally in our play. And I think some people, like, they get this term Burhalter ball, and they they think maybe he's a little too structured in his approach, and they don't love – they get confused why we, then we come out against Uzbekistan and don't look very good. I think there's other reasons for that. I think the games against Canada and Mexico are much more open games because – the Yeah, way they don't sit back there in play, bunker. Yeah, so it's a little different. I and I, yeah. I, at the end of the day, I'm. I don't want to talk about Mr. Stuff. I mean, he is coach. Regardless of what people think, that's going to be seemingly the. Yeah, no one unless he wins. Yeah. Unless he wins the World Cup, people aren't going to be happy that it's him. No, 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 so. no. And and which is fine. I think there are things that sometimes he does that I'm like I I don't love, but I'm not. Yeah, is there a coach him. that? Is there a coach alive that some people don't disagree with what he does, though? I mean, come on. I mean, look Uh, at maybe who the best coach is in the world right now. People would say Pep. And how many times does he do things that people go, what in the heck did he do that for? Yeah, and I think with hiring Berhalter back, it was – I would have probably preferred they move on after the whole thing. But the players obviously wanted him, which was something that is – Noteworthy, and but I mean the biggest thing is if there had been a coach available who maybe really would have been a next level hire, like you know Jesse Marsh going out there, but I, I'm Jesse hasn't really done it at a super high level and been super successful, so I, I don't know if that would have been much of an upgrade. And so for me, it's Berhalter's fine. Like it's he's well, I agree, not, and and you know people talk about the. He's not willing to make changes. He's not willing to do something different. I mean, Marsh would have been much more rigid in what yeah, his I mean, system we'd is. Be playing very differently, we'd be just pressing exclusively, pretty much, and it would not be the possession type of play that yeah. you get from Halter, Which I don't know. Maybe that is better for international play. I'm not really sure, but I'm not. I'm not. Well, we won't know now because so. it's not going to be Marsh. Yeah, so let's get into the. Let's get into the games. All right. Uzbekistan. Uh, it was. I mean, it it started out great. I mean, you yeah. know, and they're flying and way of scores, what, in the first nine minutes? Fourth, fourth minute. Was it fourth minute on that one? I can't remember. Yeah, fourth, fourth minute. And then from there on, it was like they went to sleep. Yeah, it. And I think to be clear that I don't think people just uh, individually had – I think a lot of players had bad performances individually. So there was a collective part of it we didn't play good. But I think a lot of players 
were in positions where they just made errors. I think the giveaways were my biggest takeaway from the game, especially out of the fact we just gave the ball away so many times. I mean, it is Tim Ream had a couple that were real like, oh, that's a goal against a better team. Yeah. Uh, Chris Richards wasn't great. I think that when Tessman came in, he had some really bad giveaways. A little sloppy, and I'm not ready to write him off after one game. You know, I think that. No, I think in that you know in that situation, coming into a game in that kind of situation, that's your you know your first game back in, and you know I don't think he had any expectation that he was going to be going in at that moment until Delatore got hurt. And yeah, and I and so I think that he didn't have a good game, and maybe it's first game jitters kind of thing he hasn't really played for the national team before so i can see because he really the thing he was okay defensively he made okay a couple tackles but some of his passing was it was yeah it was with the ball and i think it was almost like he was more scared to make a mistake and you know i I was listening to someone and it was like as they said it was a quicksand game for him you start making a few bad things and you get paranoid and scared and then it the ball just starts rolling and it gets worse and worse yeah, and I think we'll – I guess we'll talk about the two games and then we'll kind of go over each player what yeah. we thought about okay. throughout the window. Um, but another thing, I thought we – we just didn't really control the ball in the middle of the field. It was no. a, like for a team that sat back a lot, it was just way too many giveaways that we – which I think we corrected against Oman. We were much better on the ball at the midfield and the, the defenders coming up with the ball. We were a lot cleaner. But we just couldn't keep the ball. And so it was like we gave up some – decent chances because we get hit on transition because we'd have a turnover or we'd give it away in our own half lead to a chance and so it was um just from that perspective not great no and i think there really was a real uptake when subs came in in the second half that you saw you saw the energy levels go up and and that's part of what made a difference at the end of the game. And also, you probably had a tired Uzbekistan, especially when they went down to 10 men because they didn't have any more subs. Yeah, I and I think that um, it was just, yeah, a sloppy game, which was, was disappointing against a, a, the scoreline was obviously a little flattering at 3-0. And yeah. I wasn't as negative as a lot of people were after watching. I mean, it was not a good performance, but – to come away with a three zero win and a pretty sloppy performance, your first one back and then yeah, I, break is, is okay. I mean, you think about where the U.S. have men come from when they missed the World Cup and the idea that you know we really struggle, we don't play really well at all, they make a sloppy mistakes and still win three zero, even against obviously a team you should be much better than. I mean, at this stage, I'll take it. And I, and, and I think and they tied Mexico. Yeah, and that. and I think yeah, and so well that so I don't know what that says. It may say Mexico is really really bad. I saw someone that was like maybe we were just really good in the uh, the Nations League because Mexico and Canada are terrible. Yeah, I was like maybe Uzbekistan's better than them too, so that's why we were like I mean probably not true, but yeah, I don't know, but it was it was really good. I mean, you know, the that first game was what it was. A lot of mistakes. I think it, I think sloppy is the way you said it, and I think that's true. And that, yeah. Do you want to talk about individual players from that game, or talk about the other game, and then go back to players? Let's talk about both games, then we'll just go back, kind of give an overview of each okay. player, how they did over the two. Oh, uh, was much better, obviously. Yeah, and obviously it was, and I think a couple of things. I think personnel differences and choices. I think we're big, big difference there. I think, uh, you know, bringing in Malik Tillman and moving Musa yeah. back. I think I Musa moving back was one of the bigger changes because I think what I saw from that game is Musa is not ready to be the kind of player like a Geo who can make creative passes in that final third of the field. He, he's good on the ball from a sense of possession-wise, and I think he can take the ball from the back line up to the final third. He's really good in that middle half of the field, but he, he's not ready to be a creator. He, he almost looks like he's a little timid to try and make really putting-edge passes in the final third or, or dribble by someone at that stage of the field, and so I think he was much more comfortable farther back. Yeah, I, I think the, the midfield was key 
much more aggressive and going forward than they were in the first game. I, I think the front three played a whole lot better. And part of that, you know, it all – a lot of I think what we saw in the first game was because you had so many problems in the – especially in the defensive midfield and getting the ball forward and getting it up to them, especially once Luca Del Torre, he actually played pretty well in the first game. But, you know, if you watched it and just watching the flow between that front three, it was a whole lot different. And that you had them interchanging all over the field, which I think was great just because of the fact if you don't have that creative player like Gio in there, I think you got to do something that you're going to be able to confuse these guys. It also helped that with the way that uh, Oman played. They didn't quite back it in the way that Uzbekistan did. Right, and I think that while it was only a 4-0 win and we won the other game 3-0, you could tell how different the performance was just in terms of dominance on the ball, especially that first half. We just, I mean, the ball was in their last third of their side of the field for almost the entire half it was just a lot more dominant and a lot more uh once we would lose the ball we were quick to win it back we weren't giving yep. away sloppy turnovers out from the back so I, and I thought the center backs huge upgrade in terms of how they played from Uzbekistan to Oman well and that's sort of one thing yeah we'll talk about individual players later yeah but Burhalter was especially in fact I think they saw you had uh each of the center backs got a game ball for the way they played that, you know, Oman, even playing two strikers, was really never a threat at all. Anytime they tried to counter, both of those guys just cut everything out. I feel quite good about my prediction where I said uh, Chris Richards and Tim Ream would get a game and then Chris Richards and Miles Robinson. So, yeah. Well, I can thought, see that. Thought, you want to get Richards playing since he isn't getting really much club time playing. Yeah, and he's still got the highest upside, I think, of all those center backs. Uh, I want him in there as much as possible. He, I thought he was much better at the second game. I agree. Um, and the good thing was, even though it was one nothing at half, I think we did look dominant. And once the second half started, we just kept it up. Uh, it was fun to see some of the young guys. I think uh, maybe, well, we'll talk about that. Anything else just about the game? It's obviously, I think, a much, much more positive game all around. Much cleaner with the ball. You didn't see the mistakes and everything. I think everybody on the team played better, without a doubt, than they did the day before. Yes, I agree. I, I think one thing is Balgun's a much different kind of striker than we've typically played with. Yep. And I think we are going to have to continue to learn how to play with him as the nine. Because you can see Pepe's more comfortable in our system at this point. And I still think the ceiling is higher on Balogun. Pepe is still going to be a really good striker, I think. And is, I mean, he's battling for start. He's scoring a lot of goals for the U.S. But I think Balogun, we're going to have to learn. Berhalter even said that after the game a little bit. He talked about how we missed some of his runs in behind. Um, and just getting that chemistry out of play with him. So I do think that we haven't quite figured that out. And I think when we had Gio playing – it's a that's a great kind of player to play with. Well, he's somebody who saw the runs line. and such, yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's going to be a learning process. I don't think we've seen the best out of him yet in the U.S. No, I agree. Agree with you there. Um, any other thoughts just on the game itself? We can go to, we'll talk a lot about the games as we talk about the players. So yeah. I say we just jump into. Um, All right. We can st start in the back, I guess. Well, you want to go, yeah, you want to go player by player? Yeah, we can talk about much Turner as possible. Uh, well, let's start with I thought maybe one of the best as far as both games overall. I think Dest played great. Yeah, he he, and I think that you can see that he's comfortable playing for the U.S. He's seems to there's a freedom. And, and now he's starting to play at club level, but he didn't have that before the past couple of months. So. That's encouraging to see. I thought, yeah, I thought he was solid. I thought he was – I thought him and Robinson were fine the first game. They weren't as much the problem with the giveaways as the center backs were. But um, I thought he was he was good again. He definitely gets the most, uh, like, oohs and ahs from the crowd. Yeah. He dribbles by players. So, yeah. Which is 
is always fun. He's a very saucy player. Well, he's never going to be a, a dominant defender. And, uh, yeah. and and that's where you really do need someone like a, a Chris Richards and that can be there. Or even, you know, that's where Tyler Adams can cover up as far as that as well when he's healthy. I, I agree with that. I Well, I guess if we're on the back line, we'll keep talking about them. Yeah. Uh, Chris Richards had both games. Um, I thought he was, I thought he struggled a little bit his distribution in the first game. He had some sloppy giveaways. Um, again, but, could be restiness. Yeah, but I, I thought he was pretty good in the second game. He's always good in the air. He wins a lot of balls in the air. He's he's a good one v one defender. Yeah. Um, and I think the ceiling. He is a good distributor, and I thought he was a lot better that Omen game. So. Tim Ream and. Uh, well, he struggled in that. He struggled in that first game, and, and the reality, yeah, couple... if you're if you're thinking that the whole purpose of this, and I understand having Reem there, he was so solid at the World Cup. But it, if it's Reem in twenty six, I think we're in trouble. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and, and maybe he's that. still going to be, you know, maybe, and I assume he'll still be. He's still going to be fine, and he'll be good next year when the Copa America comes. But I would much rather see them playing, uh, you know, Richardson and Robinson together. Put Miles, I mean, put Miles in there. Miles, yeah, yeah. Um, and I've actually thought that um, in both his appearances, Martin Kinsey actually did okay in both games. Uh, He's he playing was, solid thought, in the Belgian when, league. When he came in in that Uzbekistan game, I thought he was an upgrade on both of them, Had how they played in the game so far. I agree. Back, his, so. his problem is he's still got to get over the visions we have of him when he played last year, which was yeah. terrible. Well, he's, got a couple, he's got in him like some real uh-oh moments of just like goal-giving mistakes in games. And well, so, Reem has a history of that too, so. Yeah, which and I think part of the trust in he'd been so solid the past – Yep. eight months for the U.S. Yep. He had none of that. And so I think that that's always my worry with McKenzie, but two good performances, I thought, coming in. He he didn't have any of those mistakes. thought he was real solid. And so that was encouraging to see from a just center back depth perspective. Yeah, and I, I think there's no doubt that that's still – that it's not really a position that you would say anybody has it locked down. Um you know, it's one that there's been a lot of disruption because of injuries that, you know, you never seem to see, have even the same group that's even available for the windows that we've been playing. Uh, and plus the competition this level was not the greatest. It'll be interesting what that next set of friendlies are going to be playing. Who do we play Ghana and Germany? Yeah, it will be real interesting. So two, two pretty good teams. Uh, Germany has had their struggles, but coach fired and then beat France yesterday in a Euro qualifier. So they, they did, but I think it was a friendly, actually it was a friendly because Germany doesn't have to qualify because they're hosting the Euros. Oh, you're right. You're right. That's because and Mbappe never played in the game. Still, that was, I was, I was surprised that Germany beat them. Yeah, I was too after the disruption they've had. But um, what about the left backs? Uh, Robinson solid. Uh, and you know, I think it was just sort of his normal game. There were still some things. I still think he struggles when he gets forward. He struggles in any in, in his final pass. He's 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 got a good cross. Like he can hit some good crosses in, but he's not. But he's sort of one dimensional in his crosses and what he can do. You clearly see the combination between Way and Dest is much more intricate much more creative, free-flowing than the Pulisic Robinson. And some of that could be on Pulisic sometimes, the way yeah. he plays. I agree. But I think but I, it's a much different kind of intricate one-two passing, creative from Destin Way always on that right side. And so I think that is one of the – but I, I think Robinson's a much better defender than Dest. So I think you sacrifice that for Robinson's – Bending ability. Which yeah, is yeah. Uh, no joke, no joke. I'm, I'm sorry that we didn't get to see Joe Scally. Uh, evidently, yeah, family reasons. Personal reasons. Yeah, yeah, something to family stuff that he couldn't be there. Uh, well, let's talk about the new guy, Lund. 
he was much better than I, I thought he might. Well, be. for someone we really never even thought of as being on the radar, I'm sure they had the you know the you know coaches and everything, but. I thought all in all, he, you know, and especially you talk about how that one of the key things is just playing together and building chemistry. And we already talked about how Balogun, they've got to do that with him. Well, obviously playing your first game, but I thought, I thought he was solid. Uh, he's yeah, comfortable he, with the ball at his feet. Really he was. made some good passes. And I will say from some stuff I've, compilations I've seen from him, like, because obviously I haven't seen much. I think that is one area he could really improve is just uh, when he's pressured on the ball, being better on the ball. Um, obviously he's playing in a lower division, and this wasn't an amazing opponent. But I was really impressed. I thought he was he was really solid in the game. And you love a guy, a good hype man, who has just looked more excited to be playing for the U.S. than anyone you've ever seen in your life. Yes, he so, did. He was excited he, when they scored. Yeah, he was he is the ultimate – hype man on the field so you always need one of those so he was very excited about what was going on clearly wants to be here yeah and I think all in all a positive and that's I think definitely I think I don't care who you are I think you're going to be the more you're pushed to get better the better it is for us and Robinson needs somebody that can push him right another little note on the left back pool an unfortunate thing that Sam Vine didn't make Royal Antwerp's Champions League squad. So I, I I don't know if that was because he did get injured lately. They've not really sent any update on his injury. Oh, I'm wow. It must be somewhat severe if he's left off the roster. Yeah, he um, must have because he's been starting for him. Yeah, and they'd also signed someone over the transfer window, I think from Ajax, another left back. But it seems like the injury must be more severe than we might have thought because he was left off, which I thought was disappointing. So he'll be out for the group stage then. He won't be able to play for them. Yeah, and I don't think they're making it past the group stage. No, that yet. Yeah, that is sad for him. You hate that for him to have that chance and then that's sort of taken away from you there. Um I guess the other two from the back, uh, you know, is uh, our keepers. Oh, both were actually really good in each game. Turner was probably Ethan had nothing to do much. No, but I thought what I he thought just his distribution was his really distrib- good. I was going to say his distribution was solid. It was. I did not expect his his feet to be so good in that game i thought he was excellent um yeah he I made so, me nervous a couple of times because he sort of was holding the ball at his yeah. feet and yet he made really good passes out of those situations so so i thought that was that was really good especially for someone who hasn't been playing at all uh but, but Tur- well and then, turner saw we saw last year turner you know turner was good and he didn't hardly ever get to play for arsenal yeah that's true and turner Turner showed why his shot stopping capability is really good. And you, I think we take for granted a little bit just how it, it didn't really seem like they were even about to score because he's so solid back there. They did have the one off the crossbar that was yeah. a really good. Yeah, but that was them. one taken from so far out that. Yeah, that in Turner, any... Turner once again was was really solid. You trust him to shut shot stop really really efficient well and ultimately that's what you want your keeper for i know in this day the modern keepers you know they wanted to be good with his feet and to be able to play out of the back and everything but man you give me a keeper that's gonna save save me a goal a game that should be scored man i'll take that i agree i definitely agree and maybe if you're manchester city who's gonna dominate the ball so much that it's a little bit more important but i think for us you want a guy who you trust the most on the in the pool to to save save your shots, and so I think Turner is clearly that guy. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about our midfield. Uh, I thought Luca looked good when he was in there. Yeah, uh, was, that was a huge drop off when Tessman came in, in my perspective. Yeah, I think it I think totally Luka, changed the. I think it totally changed the whole atmosphere when that happened. I think Luca does have his his limits defensively he is going to get run by some every now and then as a as a six which is why his ceiling is a little bit lower than obviously someone like tyler or Eunice. but i thought that 
progressing the ball at his feet, he was excellent. I thought he was really good in combination play. I thought he was just great on the ball. He was a calming presence in the midfield that we needed. And I think once he went out, we lost all control of that midfield in the game. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you there. Uh, as we said, Tessman, I don't think you can judge him from that. I think maybe that's a reason he is in Serie B. Uh, you know, he just looked uh, He looked hesitant. He looked slow. Um. And, you know, I think it'll be one of those that I'd be surprised if he's called up for the next window, but maybe. I think it also. Especially if Tyler's he, healthy. Yeah, he's different. He's such a different player than Luca too, that it obviously we lost more control of the game on the ball a little bit because Luca was the guy who was supposed to kind of be controlling the midfield with the ball at his feet. And yeah. Tessman's not that kind of player. And that was probably not a game suited to Tessman. And so, but he, yeah, his passing was not good. And you need a defensive mid who's going to make the simple passes extremely consistently. Yeah. You know, if you, and you want, and, and again, it's a friendly. And so that's, if you want to get somebody and get a chance to look at him, that's good to see it then. Uh, you know, if it's a game you're really trying to win there, I think instead you probably would have dropped Musa back and put Tillman in at that point. I agree. I think. And I think that Musa showed he's a lot better farther back on the field, almost next to a number six. I think we he was I think he was his best at the World Cup when he sat next to Tyler Adams. Yeah. Tyler was the guy who cleaned up most things. Musa was the one who progressed the ball. And I think that that is where he's at his best. I think he really needs to still develop as a more creative player with his passing. I think that's where he's great as a dribbler. He can really bypass people on the dribble. Yeah, he but goes on his Musa runs. Yeah, so I think that's an area he really needs to improve. He is still extremely young, so I think we forget. You, you like, forget. I think with all of these guys, you forget how young our team is. I'm pretty sure. That, you know, Reem the outlier there, but, I mean, you know what? I think, you know, Jedi is 27. Is he? Yeah, he's he's twenty six or seven, I think. He's so he's on the older side for this team. Yeah, I know. That's so. what I'm saying. And you know, otherwise, man, you got a lot of lot of young guys who should be in their prime, moving into their prime come twenty twenty six. For sure. Uh, McKinney. Uh, I thought he was the best player for us of the two games. He really first was. Game. He was solid first game, but he was. He dominated the game yesterday. Unbelievable. His passing was – that's one of those games where you're like, that's the real West McKinney you get out there that can be a truly superstar midfielder. His passing was was incredible. Yeah, and, you know, if he could have scored the goal when he, you know, had it sort of laid right. on a platter for him, uh, that would have sort of completed it. But he is – and, you know, and he's he's inconsistent – um, and that's maybe the biggest knock against him, but man, you would hope that Juventus is watching that and seeing what he can do in midfield. When he, when he is able, especially, and he played a little farther back in the second game, which I thought he was better in because you had a, a, an attacking mid in there. And so he was, he was still quite probably the most consistent player in that first game against Uzbekistan. He yep. combined really well with Weya out on the right. And he yeah, any really any moment. problems they had weren't from him. It really came from the back and just getting the ball up. Yeah, and so I think that, but man, I, I really did. I can't remember if my friend Casey, we have a one of our soccer messages. He was saying, was like, I can't remember a, a performance from Weya this good in a while. Just his... From McKinney total, or Weya? His range. I mean, uh, McKinney. Yeah, just his, his way it was range. on the end of a lot of his passes. Yeah, his range on his passing was was superb. Not only that, but he was all over the place. I mean, most of the time yeah, he was right. on the left. I remember one time, you know, the he went all the way across the field to go cover, which was impressive. I'm not sure how you watch that game and think he should play it right mid. I just, I don't know how you watch that and think that's where you should play or at wing back. At a wing back, yeah, the wing back to be it. Yeah, I agree there. Uh, hopefully Juventus, because I think that's obviously his best position is is a is a number eight. 
Um, also, I think one other thing on Weston, he really is personality-wise and his leadership, he really is kind of the heart and soul of the team, it feels like in some ways, just his character and he is always, and he's always been, you know, in a big game, the first one that's defending a, one of his players that's all over the place in someone's face. He just, he really brings a a charisma on the field that I think is really important to the team. So I, for that, I'll always love Weston because yeah, of what he, he is, yeah, he is definitely the social leader of that team. And he's, you know, his personality comes through in the way that he plays. Definitely. Um, I think Tillman, Tillman. I was. I thought Tillman played well. I think he. I think he did well when he came in in the first game. He brought a level of energy there, and I think in this second game, almost to the point that was he. He wasn't flashy, but he was. He was solid. He uh, is he, like the most nonchalant player I've ever seen. Like he, he looks like he's not trying. Yeah, at he's all. so he's calm as he can be on that, which is really a good thing to have, especially with somebody so young. You talk about young. Um, yeah, he's, he's really young. So, and uh, I mean, I, to me, I think, and you know, I think you heard this on several of the people that have talked about the game. I think the the maturity he had, not trying to do too much. Uh, I think it was important. And he, I think he did. I think there were some opportunities when he could have turned and gone forward and probably when he, you know, when he laid it off instead and you'd like to see him as he grows in confidence, take those. Cause I think he can be, um, yeah, I think he can provide you goals from the midfield. He's a good geo backup. I think he, he is, he is not the geo. I think we all know his top, his ceiling is so high just from a pure talent standpoint and creative standpoint that you're not going to find, we're not going to have someone better in the pool at what he can do. But Tillman, no. I think is really good understudy to that. And I think that what I like is different than when Musa is up there. Tillman is looking for creative ways to slide people in behind for kind of cutback passes, things yep. that just as an attack minded midfielder come more natural clearly to him than the way Musa plays. And so, I do think it's off the ball. He could be a lot better. I mean, he's just, I think sometimes the nonchalantness also is like, he's not a very good defender, no, which it, is okay up there. But. He, he, he didn't, I don't, he probably doesn't press as much as they want to. I know Burhalter's sort of emphasizing this, you know, not to the degree that Klopp does, but that, hey, when you lose the ball, press quick. Let's get the ball back quick when you, when you lose it up the top. Right. And obviously that is a, opposite to a player like Brendan Aronson who subbed in in both games and now I think Tillman's ceiling is a higher level of quality when it comes to the final third than Brendan yeah but or potential wise but Brendan is obviously like the workhorse when he loses the ball he's got a good chance of you're fading in and out yeah you're still I don't know what the heck is going on with your sound talk to me it's just like you've cut off almost. Nothing different. Okay, there, there, that you're back there. I don't know what that was. Was it just in that moment you Yeah, uh, it, it was. It was just you sort of, your, your sound just sort of dropped out. Sorry for the technical difficulties there, folks. Say what? I can't, I don't know what's happening. I cannot hear you at all. Well, as Cole tries to figure out what his uh, microphone's doing, uh, make sure all your connections are good there. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I mean, your microphone is totally cut off here. Uh, and You're all plugged in, right? Yeah, I've totally lost your sound there. As Cole tries to get back his sound, nothing, still not hearing you. Uh, it's a little bad. Did you take your mic off? No, there's no sound coming out of you. Well, this is going to suck here. Oh, no. 
Okay. Yeah. Now where what what'd you better. do? Yeah. I just changed the outlet it was plugged into. So. Uh, well, we will probably have to go back and cut that mess out somehow. Can you? Is there? Are you able to do that? Uh, we'll try to. If not, we'll just say okay. sorry, people. Put up with it. Yeah, there's. You can skip this part of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. you, uh... Skip that. Skip from uh probably about minute thirty four to thirty five minutes and thirty seconds. So I'll say real quick what I was saying is, Brendan's just a very different kind of player than Tillman in the way he can press, the way he can uh, really run after people. He just is a workhorse, <laughs> but maybe quality of Tillman in the final third. Yeah, well, I mean, if Tillman, you talk about it, it, looks like he's hardly moving or anything. I mean, it's like you've just turned uh, Aronson on triple speed or something because he's just like a water bug all over the place there. It is, it is, which is great. You want that guy on your team. You never like to play that guy. So. No, but that, he's, he's a great – I think he is a great guy to come in and change things up at that, you know, when the other team's tired and all of a sudden you bring him coming at you all the time like that thought he had two good games actually his assist was really nice in the first game he provided a different kind of energy and i thought yeah, he, his he goal i'm not well. sure we give him much you know he put the goal on I mean, frame that's about all the, i could well, no, say I'm, i was talking about the assist against yeah i was just saying i was jumping to, to his goal no i the u.s tweeted a <laughs> video of it and was like oh my gosh what'd they say it was like incredible strike or something i'm like are you kidding me it was horrible yeah it just happened to go in it just happened that the guys stepped out it was like the parting of the red sea that wall and then i don't know what the keeper was doing it, yeah i think he well to be fair i think his wall did a really terrible job well so they did they did but you know i guess he just didn't even see the ball to the last minute but it looked if he just reached down he could have stopped it yeah so it was not the best defensive uh, free kick. Yeah. Uh, let's wrap up some of our other top guys. Uh, Polisic. I thought Polisic was just bad the first game. He was terrible. I mean, I think he did. He, he did and, I mean, let's face it. I think part of the problem is Polisic's at his best when he can run at you. And yeah. for him to sit there and have to – be static against a block like that and then try to take guys on one. I mean, how many times did he lose the ball trying to do that? And I think that, yeah, he really typically one thing I associate with Pulisic is just his ability just to glide by people on the ball one V one. And I mean, he just had none of that in that first game. Sometimes I think there's podcasts I listen to. They talk about how sometimes he will like, gum up a game because he'll slow it down he'll kind of cut back i i actually and he does that he's gotten a lot better over the past year doing that for the national team but i actually thought sometimes he was in good positions against uzbekistan he just lost the ball when he was trying to go by that guy or just couldn't control a pass that he would get so it was yeah. a, he was, a great we, performance from him i think he just counted to an off night oh, uh, i mean i'm not worried about him no he much better much a, much better in the second game yeah, also, I mean, one thing I will say, the Uzbekistan right wing back, uh, number three, it was like Hoji yep. Akbar Alianov. He was excellent. Yeah, and you he got that name. Pocketed Pulisic that he game. did. I don't know how many times Pulisic tried to go, and he just took the ball off of him. Yeah, and he was also really good going forward. He's the guy who hit it off the crossbar, off the, the shot. Yep. He was he was excellent for them. The MLS team should sign him because he was, <laughs> I thought he was quite good. Where does he play? Like in the Uzbekistani league, there's, whichever but, uh, that hey, is, I'm, I'm not even sure where sure Uzbekistan gems. is. So he, there's uh, some gems in that league. There's got to be. Okay, I think I think Waya solid both games. Yeah, he he's he's become someone who's I wouldn't have said based on previously. I would have said we he's a must starter, but over the past year and a half, he has really cemented himself as a guy that you can't take out of the line. Yeah, I think it, I think right now he's an automatic starter. He is, he's especially he does Pulisic Pulisic's ability, I think, to keep people on the dribble, his quickness, those things are like an elite level, but Way has got something different where his combination with people, his one-twos, the way he he even defends a little bit better than Pulisic. All that he is just—he has just become such a, a good player, 
um, especially for the U.S. And he's chipped in with a lot of goals for the U.S. And so good goal in that first game. It was a really good strike. So I, I, I'm a big Wea fan. Yeah, so am I. And, and I think one of the things when you look at it, because I really think that I think ultimately Geo is much better. As a, I think he's more effective for the U.S. as a number 10. I think so, too. He provides something that no one else can. Yeah, that he does. And one thing that's going to be interesting, that there's really no – I don't think there's any automatic backups for Wea and Pulisic. No. Without having a big drop-off. Who? There is a drop-off. You can play Brendan out there, which I think is probably the next best person at winger. Would you agree? I think- yeah, I with what we have now, I mean, you think of the ones that are, are in the pool that have played in something. Zendejas, no. Uh, some of the other guys, I think, has just passed their time. Uh, I don't well, think I you think, can see Jordan Morris again. I think Brendan's thing is he's the best player to not have a huge drop-off. He's not going to provide the quality in the final third. That you the know what you're going to get, though. You know what you're going to get. That's why I think I really hope we get uh, Koyosho called up for a game because I think he would be the most talented other guy after those two at winger. Yeah, so I, I agree. I would love if we could get a call up for him. I think he he is that type of player level-wise of those two potentially, I think. so. Yeah, I, I'd be surprised though you don't see him called up with Italy's senior team. They have... They keep calling up Willie Nanto, so I'm not sure how he's any better than yeah, I agree. Koyosha. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, then let's talk about our two strikers. I think that's where it's kind of crazy that we go from having people basically thinking we don't have a striker. Well, that was the World Cup problem. I know. I mean, Sergeant played fine, but he wasn't a huge goal threat at the World no, Cup. No, no, he wasn't. Uh, but now you've got two guys – or at least every pretty much every time they're in there, you pretty much think they're going to score a goal. Yeah, I still uh, – Pepe has played phenomenal for the national team. He's got to get minutes at the club level is his big thing. Yep, he was, and I don't was, know that he is right now. But he, I think he probably right will. I mean, unless they go – depending on what they get, go out and get. They're um, not playing De Jong every game. Yeah, so but De Jong is also in his early 30s, and so that's what I'm saying. Future They're not going to play him every game. Yeah, I, I do think, you know, when you look at the other strikers, um, you look at Ferreira, and he almost plays a whole lot more, almost like a false nine. Uh, yeah, Sargent, maybe the closest you've got to a, a hold up striker up there that's i'm real upset about the sergeant injury yeah i'm sorry that he couldn't because i think that's really hurt him in this pool in this series of games because he wasn't there i think he would have i think he was going to be in this roster if he had yeah i don't think i think he would have to be um i i I think all around i think the guy who gives you the most and can do pretty much everything you would want a striker to do i think it's balligan I agree. I think Pepe's just been finishing better right now, but I think part of it is his chemistry with the team. And he's also a really good player. I don't think there's any question he's a really good player. So, But I, I ultimately, I'm still more excited about what Balogun brings potentially to the team yeah. once he gets settled in. So one other thing I want to mention is uh, I thought Kramashi was actually pretty good in his appearance. I yeah. Thought he was it much, wasn't just sort much, of a, a messy Effect no, call he up. was, he was, I love his little ability to kind of receive a pass, turn quick, play another one, receive it back real quick. Just interplay was quite good, I thought, for first appearance for the national team. Yeah, I agree. Camp. So, yeah, I think that was a, uh, that was a good thing. Obviously, a friendly doesn't tie him to us. I don't really know what his best position is. I'm not sure where he plays most for Miami. He doesn't seem like a true center mid or winger he so plays times really... i've seen him he's been i can't remember the last time i think i saw him he was playing on the wing he was playing on, actually he's he was playing on the guess well so he may Which... be somebody that you know would provide at least a backup for for Polisic and for Wea. you know just depending yeah. on what happens so i think you'll see him again if he you know be interested to see what argentina yeah, does 
And you but do have he was really good. Messi whispering in his ear all the time that, you know, Argentina, I mean, Argentina. I, I, there's no one who loves the U.S. national team more than me, but I might play for Argentina if Messi was whispering. Yeah, in I ear. was going to say. So. I mean, how I, I hate to say that, but how awesome for him as a young guy and a dream come true that you're starting for Miami and then you got Messi to play alongside. That's so that's pretty insane. Uh, hey, Anything all in all, I think it was a, I think it was a successful window. I, I think that you saw what you want. You got two wins. You saw what you wanted to see. You saw improvement and the energy levels go up. You got to see some guys that you really hadn't seen play extended periods of time. And, uh, you know, I think one of the things that the best teams in the world have and that the U.S. is going to have to, and that's sort of like, I think, the advantage of being as young as they are is it can't be just your first 11. You've got to have really solid backups so that you don't just drop off. And we saw some guys in this window that, you know, at least give you a thought that, hey, they can be really solid backups and even push the starters for their positions. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think I'm not going to really make any conclusions off of, you know, it wasn't two very good teams. I think we'll see a lot more in that Germany Ghana window. So I'm excited for that. Um, the only other big question I have is going into that is I think we, there's a little bit of a question of when the four top midfielders are healthy, who gets left out? Who gets I left out? I agree. And I, now odds are, they're all three not going to ever be healthy at the same time because Gio and Tyler both have a bad injury history. Yeah. But if they are, I'm really curious. Now, I hope Burhalter's feud doesn't mean he keeps out Gio because I think Gio is just provides something we don't have otherwise. And so I want him to be in there as the 10. And then it, it becomes how much do you – are you – I mean, Tyler's the captain of the team. Do you feel like you – have to play with a true six yeah i don't know maybe, i mean at this point i might think it's musa who gets left out i wouldn't have said that a year ago but i might think that now because i think weston can provide the kind of elite passing from back there so i don't know it'll be interesting to see i think all four are really good options but it'll be interesting to see who gets left out in a first choice team but it's kind of a nice problem to have definitely it's it's a really good problem so all right. All right. We'll close um, that out for this week. Uh, obviously, there's really no Americans abroad. I could, maybe a really good thing you want to say on Gio, he actually played an under-23 game last week. He did. He did. So, so hopefully uh, he's not far, and hopefully Tyler's not far, and the, the next time we have uh, some USMNT games, that uh, Burhalter will have that problem that he'll just have an embarrassment of riches there in that midfield trying to figure out who the heck am I going to play. And I have a trivia question that will not take long. Oh, okay. You, yeah, because we are really going long today. And if you don't, you can do this. I fully believe in your knowledge as a U.S. <laughs> fan to do this. Great. All right. Name the five players who have been transferred for the most for the USMNT. So five different players. Because one of the players is in the top five transfers twice. Pulisic. So, but do the, okay, you got one. You have two lives. Um, Pulisic is number one, 65 million. He's also number three on the list for 4.2 million. Yeah, so. Balogun. Balogun is uh, second on the list. His was in the 30s, 40-ish region. Uh, how about... Ooh. How about Tyler? Tyler Adams. He is number four on the list. 24.1 million from RB Leipzig to Leeds. Ooh. And Musa was at around 20 million. Does he make it or yeah, not? Musa is a little low. He's like seventh, I think, on the list at 20 million. So you have all right, one more life. Okay, one more life. Um, is he currently playing? Everyone that's in the top, like, eight or nine are all currently playing. Ooh, who am I missing? I'll give you a hint. Well, hmm. One hint. They both, they both played in the game yesterday. Are all 
Sorry. Yeah, they both played in the game yesterday. I don't know. Aronson. Brendan Aronson. He is actually third on the list. 30 million from RB Salzburg to Leeds. Really? They paid that much? Yeah. I know. It is a bit of a staggering That's fee. that. That is surprising. Uh. Did I get them all or am I still got one left? One more. There's one more. And there's two players that are very close, like a half a million difference. They both played in the game last night. So I'll give it to you for either of them if you get it. Hang on. Uh, how about Tim Weah? What'd he go for? Uh, no. He uh, was like down at like 12 million. Oh, wow. So okay. Who lost? was? You're close. Serginio Dest, 23.1 million from Ajax to Barcelona. And then ah. for $22.5 million, Weston McKinney from Schalke to Juventus. We got a lot in that $20 million range. Five, you're close. We got a lot in that yeah, $20 million range. All right, all right. Uh, yeah, I, pro- I forgot. I forgot that, you know, Weston's gone back and forth, and he's been, you know, right. I sort of forgot about Pepe the Schalke. Pepe was also $20 million. Pepe was also $20 million this year. Or no, from Dallas to Augsburg. Sorry. From Dallas to Augsburg, yeah. Okay. All right. With that, we will. Uh, we will. That'll do it for the week. And uh, one thing I was going to say is a uh, big game thing. Saturday. AC Milan enter. Yeah, a lot of good games Saturday. on Saturday. Milan Derby. That's going to be huge. Yeah, both, I know. I know. Uh, it's a big sporting day on Saturday. Lots of good things to watch. That uh, one's going to be the game. I'm for sure tuning into. Both undefeated in the league. Yep. Top of the table. I think they play Can't around noon or so. So if you want to watch a good yeah, game Saturday. That's a good one. Also, Atlanta, Miami in the MLS if Messi plays. I tweet out some photos as we're there on okay. Saturday. <laughs> of him doing it. There. All right. On that yeah. note, uh, hey, we will uh, we will see you next week, next time around on Americans Abroad. Thanks for listening.